0: We haven't reinvented the wheel. This isn't a brand new concept. The way we're doing it is different. That's what it comes down to. We will not dilute the child's journey and experience to make it more marketable. We won't do it. We're gonna stay true to our standards. We're gonna stay really strong in what we believe. And we're gonna change the world with these children.
1: A good kitchen produces good food a great kitchen brings people together. Welcome to Meet Me in the Kitchen, a podcast inspired by Little Kitchen Academy, exploring the key ingredients to a meaningful life and how they are changing lives from scratch. Here's my dad and your host, Scott Rintoul. That is my daughter Abigail, and hearing her introduce me, it fills me with pride, it makes me smile, and it also sets the perfect tone for the first episode of Meet Me in the Kitchen. Because the joy and empowerment you hear in Abby's voice are very reflective of what Little Kitchen Academy is all about. Little Kitchen Academy is a Montessori-inspired cooking academy for children that is rapidly expanding across North America and beyond. Now, it's tough to figure out where you're going without knowing how you got here in the first place. So who better to explain the path to the present than the co-founders themselves? Little Kitchen Academy is the brainchild of Felicity and Brian Curran, who also happen to be my in-laws. So grab a seat at our table as we kick off this podcast family style. As we get started, before we get into all the good stuff, what is weirder, working with your spouse every day or being interviewed by your Uh, brother-in-law?
0: Brother-in-law, 100%.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely being interviewed by by you. Really? Because I'm only here once. Do You guys have to work together Mm -hmm. every single day. We've been doing this for a long time. And it's been 23 years of work, so we've just been working together since day one. Okay, let's go back to day one of this, though. And I don't know if you can put this into proper words or not, or find a date where was the seed for what Little Kitchen Academy has grown into planted?
0: I think there was, there was a, a bunch of different times where we changed what Little Kitchen was really going to be. But originally, it was just something for me, right? The girls were getting older. Brian was super independent and really busy. I needed, I needed to activate my brain again. I needed to start doing things.
1: We've always done this. and When I say we, I, I really mean Felicity. The way we raised our three daughters in growing their own herbs and fruits and vegetables and trying to eat healthier, you know, never dieting or anything, but just trying to eat healthier, cleaner, and, and feel our bodies and everything. And our home was always that home that our friends or their friends for play dates would come over and the parents would say, you know, oh, he or she doesn't eat anything green. Or, you know, what are you guys eating for dinner? Oh, they don't like that. And then the parents would be almost in tears going, because they'd come over and see that they were eating you know, spinach or pizza with, you know, green peppers on there. How did you get them to do that? And it's just natural that Felicity's always done.
0: Truth be told, I think it was in one of my classes in my Montessori program where a light bulb just went on and said, this Montessori pedagogy can be applied to anything that you want to learn, whether it's changing your oil in the car or filling your gas tank up or sewing or painting a fence or learning how to cook. This pedagogy, this application you can put anything at the beginning and anything at the end but it's this Montessori piece that marries marries the learning it was just such a, a aha moment I'm like we can teach children how to look after themselves through the Montessori method and it was right there I remember coming home saying, Brian I have got this really this really good idea and he was super busy I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing together and that was big learning do you remember that when I had to build my own uh, business plan yes. that was really stressful like what does that even mean a deck you know investors I didn't know any of these things like nothing and then going to see our lawyer's accountant when I sat down and I said this is my plan and he looked at it and he kept kept flipping the pages back and forth and he's like this is really this is really good he was, this is this is it that was that was a big moment
1: and I think if you really go back in time this started organically Felicity's background in in culinary you know, being classically culinary trained, loving to, and always cook and bake pastry and everything, and then working in the restaurants. Then all of a sudden discovering Montessori and wanting to know everything about Montessori. So getting her master's in Montessori and starting to teach. Me going a million miles an hour, building different businesses, always fun and great. But I mean, from cigars to ice cream, to burritos, then to flip-flops, I mean, most of them were unhealthy. Not really promoting a great, society or, or a healthy society. And then I had a health scare where I had emergency open heart surgery. And that was sort of a wake-up call too, where I was like, you know, we need to, we never had a bad diet as far as eating and everything, but we certainly could improve and, and be more heart healthy in a sense and more aware of what goes in our body and what fuels us. And Felicity just did a great job of, this is what we're doing now, guys. Rip the Band-Aid off. And our girls were like right there with us. And then all of a sudden, um, it was actually... Uh, we were in the Dominican Republic with the girls. I had just sold my company, and I was getting ready to start another company, and we were talking about this idea, and Little Kitchen Academy wasn't even, there wasn't a name, but it was this idea, and the girls were just looking and saying, gosh, you know, it would be so nice if you guys worked together. Wouldn't it be fun to do something as a family type of thing? And we just looked at each other at the pool, and we like, why wouldn't we just do this?
0: And Scott, this is where, you being my brother-in-law, throw some stress into me, because when Brian's like, we you know, we always ate healthy. The first thing I thought about was that Christmas when all of us sat around and did shots of tequila to see who could steal each other's presents. So this is where the brother-in-law issue yeah. is is really present. Now, do you want to rethink that question? Because now uh, it's clear, right?
1: I've got the background juice. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
0: You've got the background tequila. Yeah, and the background headache to, to
1: remember it. That's very true. But what you said is interesting to me, because There's a lot of teachers who go through Montessori and probably have this light bulb moment, but they continue to teach in Montessori, which is a very noble profession. And they're teaching children and they're educating people all over the world. But then you decide to apply this to what was your passion. Because as long as I've known you, in the background, you and my wife, your sister, have talked about a bakery. And you guys had always thought about a bakery. So. Why merge your passion with what was going to be your profession? Because some people are afraid to do that.
0: It's really simple. And in fact, your wife, Fiona, said she said, I know the name. It's Sweet Maddie's. So my mom was Madeline, right? And we had this beautiful idea of having a completely child-centered bakery where, and this is where I think I became really confident in our, in our mission, where we hid healthy ingredients in beautiful dishes, Right. Like, you are a cookie monster, you love it, but you would eat any cookie I put in front of you. But then later on to tell you, haha, that cookie was made of zucchini or made of beets, you'd be like, oh, well, okay, give me another, but I'm a little concerned about this. You know, I just imagined everything being child level where they were choosing these gorgeous desserts and their parents going, yeah, you can have it, go for it, and everybody thinking they've got one up on each other. But then through my Montessori training, I realized that children really deserve more respect than that. Why would I trick a child? Like, Why would I do that? Why would I take, why would I rob the child of that ability to make the choice on their own? And no, of course, they're not all going to choose the more responsibly made food. They're going to choose what looks great. But if you give them the choice and you let them make choices along the way, it's possible. And that's what I learned in Montessori training. I learned that these children are so much brighter, so much more incredible than we have ever given them credit for, put the power in their hands. Our food here is not gratuitous. It's not over-the-top extravagant. It's not fun at times, right? And it's one of the biggest reasons we don't have parents choosing what they want to make. You know, so many cooking classes and cooking schools are like, oh, we'll do cupcake decorating. We'll do cookie this. We'll do this. Let's give our children a little bit more credit. You know, The madras lentil curry. That's one of our biggest hits. What? Like, that still surprises me. You know, the beautiful stuffed sugar pumpkins with mushrooms. I mean, mushrooms are polarizing. Do you like mushrooms?
1: I do. Okay, never mind. But But I have two little girls who would take a pass if you gave them the choice. Of course
0: they would. But, you know, when you give a child a mushroom and you teach them how it's a sponge and you teach them how to really carefully clean it, and then you give them so many different choices to add flavor to that mushroom and then you put science in there and you either remove heat or add heat to it to completely change the texture that mushroom is a little bit more interesting it's just a little bit they may not like it and that's okay they don't have to like it but they might consider it and we're a step ahead if that's the case
1: this started as you guys both said from a place of family not only obviously are you guys husband and wife but your daughters and that was Mm -hmm. very important to you to have them involved I'm wondering how Little Kitchen Academy has influenced the young women you've watched them grow into. Mm -hmm. I think it's had a huge impact. You know what a cool opportunity for our three girls who have watched me build businesses, right? We've moved, and Felicity's been there, you know, the whole way. But now all of a sudden, for them to see their mom as more than just a mom—and not that that's not enough—but like to see her empowered and making such an impact on these families and these children. And we've seen it because they're going, oh my gosh, this is what we've been doing all our life. And now we're helping other people, you know, experience that same thing. And then they all decide, you know, can we work there as instructors? And they came in and they work as instructors and they all have their specialties. And it's been really amazing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's very, very empowering to see, you know, as you know, a household full of women as we both have, and just owning it, you know, being their own bosses and, and being so independent and actually being aware of it, too. You know, they're not blind to it. They don't take advantage of it or, or anything like they actually are very aware of it and very grateful.
0: There's different angles. Like if I look at them as three women about to embark in the world, they've seen that opening a business is, is hard. They've seen their mom on the floor and they in her bedroom crying. Right? They've seen fights between mom and dad because we can't figure out how to do this and the, the pressure and the stress. But they've seen, just like Brian said, taking what you're passionate in and what you really believe in and no holds barred. Just go for it and strive for your dreams. They've seen this. But then there's the other side that we, we don't really think about that often is our children get to impact other children. They see a child connect and attach with them, learn something new and go, yeah, you know what? I will try. And they see that difference that they are making within three hours. That is that is huge. And
1: that maybe is where it started in Little Kitchen Academy. And for those who obviously can't see and are just listening, we're sitting at the community table that yeah. is present in every Little Kitchen Academy. And so for them to be instructors here and to work hand-in-hand with students, that's one thing. But I can already tell it's expanded beyond that. You have two daughters who are off. On their university paths right now and they're influencing their own peer groups by a result of
0: this. Bronwyn, Bronwyn does Thursday uh, breakfasts, international breakfasts. She drives me crazy because she, she texts us every five seconds with pictures but in her house it's become the place to come for really delicious food and she's even had friends saying could you teach me how to do this? One of her roommates is just a doll, she takes care of herself right? She looks after herself, she, calls herself a gym rat and works out. So she knows how to fuel her body. Didn't know you could make salad dressing from scratch. Didn't know. And I remember Bronwyn calling, Mom, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> right? And said, I showed her how to do it. That's at 19, right? And they're affecting children from three and they're affecting their friends. We have some of our instructors who have gone off to university that only work seasonally. They send me pictures of what they're making for all of their housemates, recipes that we make. So yeah, there's no question we're we're influencing and we're um changing everybody's life who's impacted by this or who comes by i had no idea i had no idea that was going to happen i just thought i was going to scratch my itch playing with children getting them messy and sending them home to their parents right like that's what i thought
1: (laughs) not quite (laughs) but it's become a lot more than that because you guys say changing lives from scratch and that is a very encompassing phrase that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people yeah no, it it can, and you know, it's not a tagline. Like it's it's actually really happening, and you know, it's happening actually with so many people. And going back to this, it started as family with family. We refer to it as the LKA family. And you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, companies, you know, they refer to their teams as family." Well, ours is family. Our our podcast host and creator is our brother-in-law. You, mm-hmm. your wife is our global director of franchise support your daughters have both been students one of your daughter is talent you know talent
0: well both of them actually <laughs> yeah both of them one's um, in print and one's in video yeah
1: with with uh, being paid in candy and sugar <laughs> which is great <laughs> and you know and then our daughters work there and everybody just these natural connections that are just organically it's come together and we have really struck this chord you know i always knew it could be big and in my head i always say okay you know how do we scale something globally none of us had any idea the impact this is really having, and that it could have not only on us as a gift. I mean, every day, we're like how privileged are we to not only be part of this and lead this, but be able to do it with people we love that we enjoy being around, and you know, to help these families be healthier, be happier, more independent, the children gaining their independence, walking out of here an inch taller than when they walked in, and you know, that's really what it's about. And at every single turn, there's a story that you just your heart fills up. You're welcome. What like you can't write this shit. Like it just it writes itself.
0: Um, it's our last really our last little kitchen academy university where we had um, different franchise partners come in, standing at the front of the room. I'm I'm quite private actually. You know it's this is this is a difficult position that I that Brian's put me in. You're welcome. <laughs> but I'm standing up in front of all of these people who are literally. Picking up what I'm putting down, right? Like, what is it? What's the phrase? I'm, I can smell what you're cooking. Just to give you that anecdote, like they're they're going, yeah, let see. I get it. I get what you're trying to achieve here. I've just invested this much money. I've just put my life on the line, and I'm going to do it too. That's that's emotional, you know. They they have young families. They they've mortgaged their house. They have borrowed from their parents. Who knows where this money is coming from to invest in what I believe to be true, you know? And that's. That's, that's hard. That puts a little bit of pressure on you. And I mean, it also focuses us. We're not going to let them down, right? We're going to make sure that
1: this works. Should have bought a Cold (laughs) Stone (laughs) Creamery. And you guys have been there as well. But I I do think that's an important thing here for both of you, because you've spent your life, Brian, franchising companies. And Felicity, this is your baby. Yeah. And now you put it out there into the world. And so... To a certain degree, you lose some control. You can put together manuals and you can educate at LKA University, but you can't be there like you were here from day one when the original Little Kitchen Academy opened. Was that a difficult decision? I want both of you to answer this, to franchise this company and move it out of your space. So let me answer it first, (laughs) (laughs) and I can answer Felicity. It was never a hard decision, only because I already saw and visioned what this could be globally transcending languages, culture we need this the world needs this the impact and to me it was like you got this amazing gift but you're not going to share it so for me it was very easy to say you know what we could try and do this on our own and it would take us 10 years 20 years to get to where all these communities get to experience it and the students get to go through it and becoming independent and empowered young adults or we could franchise it by finding like-minded people that are going, oh my gosh, I love this too. And I just want to be part of this. And I want to be the hero in my community and, and do this and do it a lot faster, quite honestly, with essentially an army of brand ambassadors you know, that are out there doing this with us.
0: And what was Brian's answer? What was it? You yes. said yes? Absolutely not. <laughs> because like for all of the beautiful parts of this, this was mine, right? This was my love language. This was my expression. This was my Trying to recapture my children at a young, impressionable, fun, quite frankly, age, this was just for me. And how do I take what I'm thinking, my instincts, wh- what I would do, and put that onto paper? That's so subjective. And then how do I make sure people in whatever location, whatever um, city we're in, realizes how important people that we hire are? How do they feel what I feel. No, Brian's totally wrong. Like it was really, really difficult. So I maybe that's, that's why we're a good team. I see his vision. I understand the gift that Little Kitchen is. I understand that we couldn't do it, but that wasn't my dream, right? My dream was just to kind of be happy and do my thing in my five walls.
1: Today. I crushed her dream.
0: <laughs> you grew it. But who thinks this, right? Who opens this business six months before a pandemic and two and a half years in, before we're even hitting our third year is at 143 locations in development. I don't know. I've never met anybody. I did. Yeah, well, I certainly didn't, right? And even if Brian had told me that, I wouldn't have believed
1: it. I'm not surprised by your answer. I wondered what you would say, Brian. This is the way that you have done business over the years so, I understand why you answered the way you did, but I wondered because you know how personal and emotional this is for your wife. And that's not something to be trifled with. And really, when we go back to it, you talked about your daughters, but I think this goes back further for you because what you want children in Little Kitchen Academy to experience is an emotional connection to the kitchen, which we all have, either a positive one or yeah. a negative one. And we all want it to be a good one. And we call this Meet Me in the Kitchen because. Where do all great parties end up? Where do all great dinner parties? Whatever it is, you yeah. always end up in the kitchen. And that's an intimate place. What's your emotional connection to the kitchen?
0: I don't want to cry, but I, I think about my grandmother, my dad's mom, who uh, was a really talented cook. And, your, and Fiona, uh, your wife, would attest to this. They had a hobby farm. And they would go and collect all the fruits and vegetables. And we weren't allowed to eat anything until it was weighed. because she would record it, right? And so it would all come in. And we want to eat the snap peas so badly. And we we were allowed to eat as much as we wanted once it was weighed. But she would make this massive pot of soup. Scott, it was awful, right? The soup would sit on a stove. Are you ready for this? For a week. Not refrigerated. It would sit. And she would heat it up. And we'd have it for lunch today. And then she'd heat it up. We'd have it for lunch tomorrow. And we ate... All of it. And then when it got to the point where it was all the same color, at some point it all becomes the same color, she blended. It. But it was the sitting around, it was the conversations around the table, it was my time with my grandmother, right? It was, and my grandfather. And there's something really special about it. And there's something, there's something really powerful about saying, I did it, right? This is mine. Like I think about, all the thousands, and I think, actually, I can say thousands of cookies I've made for you over the time, right? I think, what was your number for your wedding? How many cookies did I make? Was it a thousand?
1: That's a great question. There I think it might have been. A lot of cookies, that's maybe over at least over 700.
0: <laughs> no, that's my gift. That's my expression of love. I couldn't say it to you because you drive me crazy because you're my brother-in-law, but here's here's something that I recognize that you like, and here's my energy put into something. It's your love language. Well, 100%. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a big thing. I, I think about my children always bringing their friends in, you know, having dinner. And, and Brian mentioned it earlier. I'll never forget this one. I didn't do this to be scientific. Science came later. I understood it later. I did it because I was lazy. You know, I didn't want to make three different lasagnas. Oh, I don't like ricotta cheese. I don't like spinach. I don't like... But then make your own. Here's your corner. You make the lasagna the way you want it. That's really where that came from. Now, understanding through Montessori that there's a science behind that power of choice, it's a whole different experience. But this was completely because I was just annoyed that I would have to make all these different lasagnas. And then the mom called me later and said, she, she won't stop talking about this lasagna you like Here is the recipe. And then the parent would say, well, she won't eat it. And of course, you think, oh, well, it's mom and dad. No, it was choice. She got to make it the way she wanted to make it. That's what it was. And that, that's the science.
1: I think that goes back to it's the idea of meet me in the kitchen and what that means is that you're just like Little Kitchen Academy, none of it's about the food actually. Like it's not. Even when we started a company, we had this idea of, you know, oh what's you know, what's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen? And we had ideas and we're like, Oh, it's honey, it's you know, salt, it's lime, it's yeah. uh butter butter one of our partners said my wife Uh, you know like little things like that saffron 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 and it quickly turned into no it's joy or it's gratitude or it's enthusiasm it's all these other things and i think that's what happens in you know in a kitchen and growing up in a family where my mom always you know always cooked we had meals together all the time and you know you realize that it wasn't about that food it was bringing people together and talking, experiencing something and making it together. And it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this turned out so well. Look how pretty it looks on Instagram. No, it's the pride of, you know, you're doing something, experiencing something together and, you know, feeling really good about it. And you can't make that experience up. And what we've done is basically taken what Felicity said with this lasagna and yeah. the four corners and, and everything. And it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is the best lasagna I've ever had. It was I was empowered to make a choice. I made it the way I wanted to. Therefore, I love it. It's the best lasagna I've ever had. And it has nothing to do with the lasagna, actually. This is what humans do. We gather, we eat, we talk. That's what being in the kitchen is. So what is the one ingredient in your kitchen for each of you, even though you share a kitchen technically, but I want to know the why, because it's nice to put something down on paper and at the bottom of an email signature, but what's the one ingredient and what's the why behind them? My one ingredient is uh, resilience. It used to be delight, which happens to be one of our core beliefs, too. We believe in delighting people at every touch point. However, I realized I like to be delighted more than I like to delight others. Is that
0: um, next week's podcast? I also I know where this is
1: going all of a I, also, I also have been told I may not be the most delightful person to be around. So as much as I thought it was good, I, I switched it to resilience because that is the epitome of, I think, me, and, and not only personally, but when I look at Little Kitchen and when we launched and what we were up against and then everything we deal with and navigate through and resilience is what it takes. It's the one ingredient that's in my kitchen now.
0: It's on the wall. Independence is the one ingredient that's always in our kitchen. That's always in my kitchen too. It's what this is built on, but it actually comes back to when I was little and I don't know if my dad did it on purpose, but I think he trained me so beautifully. The game in the house was... I would love to bake. I love baking, never seemed to master brownies for whatever reason. And my dad would come into the house and the game was for him to guess what I made based on what mess was left in the kitchen. So I would have to make sure everything was spotless and cleaned up and he would have to go like, that's brilliant, right? And everything was spotless, but I spent that time all by myself trying to figure this out, substituting baking soda and baking powder, making my mistakes, but doing it on my own. That's, that's my memory. And that's, my, that's where my ingredient comes from.
1: Well, and through that vision, it probably feels, or maybe it doesn't, maybe this is just a bigger concept that you're in every single one of these, even though you're physically not at them. And I wonder for you if that came from the place where your mom's in your kitchen, because yeah. that's a pretty powerful thing that I know yeah. you shared with her.
0: Yeah, probably the hardest part of my job now is not being able to be in here. You know, and, and I miss that. I miss it dreadfully. You know, I think back to being in the kitchen with my mom and dad and mm-hmm. and having that time. And my mom, you know, wanted everything very particularly, right? Fiona will tell you that. She wanted want our fingers dirty. She didn't want any mess. It had to be flawless. And I mean, there, it was, again, it wasn't like Brian said about the food. It was about that time. And I miss I miss being able to have that. Like if I'm having a stressful day, Brian will always say, if you come down to the little kitchen, just sit for a while and just do your work here because... It does fill my bucket, right? It recharges my batteries, refocuses me, and you miss it. But watching the stories on social media and I see the different environments, all of a sudden you pull it up and boom, boom, boom. All of the stories are little kitchens, all the different environments. And I'm watching, and I can feel emotion in those stories. I can feel what the class is like, and it's, it's so nice to be able to, to understand that there are children everywhere who are, who are feeling really strong and really independent like, that's great, right? And having these children matriculate from Little Kitchen going, yeah, I can do it. Or yeah, I'm going to take a risk and try is is huge. And, you know, I look at my dad, I look, you can look at everybody in my life. You know, my dad built a school to influence and change the trajectory of children's lives 25 years ago. And, you know, I wonder if he gets that same feeling that I do, you know, with all of these, of course, we have, thousands of children coming through a little bit faster. He has them for a longer haul, but it's really exciting. You know, there's that Mr. Rogers effect. You know, we're doing something really good for these kids. They're feeling really good about themselves. We don't do it. Like I must, I always tell parents that, you know, oh, you've done so much for my child. You've done this. Well, I haven't. The child has done the work. We just have the environment, right? We have the spotlight, the stage. The child does it. We've just removed obstacles And we've given them the chance to do it. I'd like to go
1: back to my moment in time, my connection to food. Because I think, you know, Felicity started in the kitchen and and she mentioned the hobby farm. And I think that's something in society where, you know, I grew up in a a family. My dad was a doctor. My mom, you know, kept the house together and helped my dad and two sisters. You know, grew up with two sisters. And when I was really young, my parents took me up to a farm. We weren't farmers, but my dad had worked on this farm because his parents. Took them up to this farm to instill a good work ethic. And that was, at, you know, I was five, six years old. And I worked on the farm until 17, driving anything that had wheels and milking cows and harvesting eggs from chickens and shoveling pig shit and everything. I mean, bailed hey, like, this is what I did. And, and today that still holds strong. Like, with Little Kitchen Academy, seeing our students come in and see our living food walk by Arrow Garden, which is awesome. I and mean, we can grow anything seasonal, local. And having, you know, whether it's age three or, or a teenager going, oh, I've never actually had a fresh tomato. And you're scratching your head go, what rock do you live under? But that's not the case. That's the masses, actually. We've just been living a certain way and we're thinking, well, this, I mean, this is just natural. With Felicity, this is just who she is. This is just what she does. We've just put it in this beautiful, mindful environment and opened it up to the public saying, okay, come on and now and experience it with amazing instructors that go, okay, we're going to empower you to now do this. But to see them pick a fresh tomato or taste, taste basil or smell lavender or, you know, the best is the gateway herb, which is, uh, which is anything green, which is stevia, because it tastes like sugar. But seeing them do that and, and saying, I've never had a carrot in my life. And you're like, How do you go through your life and never have a carrot? But this is actually what's happening. What a rewarding, amazing, mind-blowing thing for us to do, which is so simplistic, but allow them just to experience this and, you know, that idea then of changing lives from scratch. What does that mean? It's like we're changing our own lives from scratch. Yeah. Being able to be a part of it, too. I'm a better person. And you talked about the light bulb going on for you at Montessori. When you were here on a daily basis, you were watching that light bulb go on for these children. When you have a tough day, because we all have them, no matter what you do, as uplifting as this is, still really tough days do you ever come down during a class do you ever come and walk around just a little bit and watch the light bulb go on
0: uh all the time how many examples can i give you we had a child in maybe two weeks ago we were in here just doing a little tour and the child had never been in his first class and he caught my or i caught his attention it doesn't usually happen like when the children are so focused um, we can walk around, and it's unusual for them to look up at you. And I always tell Brian, what do I tell you when you walk in? Don't make eye contact, yeah, right? Don't, don't make eye contact. Don't the break students. their att- concentration. Not allowed. But um, this one child had caught their, their attention and calls me over. He's waving me down. And so I walk over to a station very quietly, and he's got three containers. And he's like, put your hand in. So he's got my finger. He's asked me to put my finger into all of them. He's cold, warm, hot. This child was in the three to five year old class out of nowhere. Now, I don't know if you would find that amazing. I, that blew my mind. How does a child know how to refine his sense of touch and recognize those different attributes to that water and to put them in that order and to know the words? Like, really, truly, it's water. It's wet. Maybe they know that. Maybe it's idle. Ouch. Maybe it's not. You know, that he was able and he had them lined up. He wanted me to see this. And I was, it floored me. So I went out and I talked to his dad after I did see the Montessori school. This child is remarkable, quite frankly. Like this is a really unbelievable experience for that for me to see. So that was a massive light bulb right there. We had a child, you can see we've changed a little bit of the design now because for our youngest students to reach that tap in the back of their own sink is really, is too far, right? There's tippy-toeing. We had one child pull out their red spoon and there's a hole at the top, reach like match the hole in the spoon to the spigot on the faucet and turn it on. That's brilliance. That's problem solving. That's thinking through that child's going to be an engineer. There's no question. That child (laughs) should be, if the child's not an engineer in building my house, he can can repair
1: my heart, right? Because that's meticulous thinking. And nine times out of 10 in a home, and, and we're guilty of this too as parents, as I'm sure you are. Oh, I'll just do that for you. Or, oh no, that's too hot. Or, oh, you won't like that. It's too spicy. And it's like, well, how do you know they won't like that? You're basically forming their opinion form without them actually experiencing it for themselves and empowering them to go, no, I actually really do like that. Or, ooh, yeah, you're right. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, there, you've seen your children stand in chef's position, right? Oh, yeah. I just saw, do you see Brian sit up when I said
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trained very well. The
0: children stand in chef's position is beautiful, right? We say it very gently when we need to recapture their attention or when we're focused on something safe. And the children stand really tall, and they put their hands behind their backs, and they focus on the lead instructor. We didn't actually present that to the students as a lesson we first opened. That was actually for our instructors. And that was for our instructors because I wanted them to have one second or two of a barrier to not step in and do the work for the child, right? Because that we do We want to help. We want to do this for them. And so I wanted that one quick barrier just to, just to stop and let the child do it. And the children, what did they do? They started to mimic. And so it actually went from our lesson for our instructors. And that was another light bulb. The children changed us. The children changed us. They want to do this. They want to be just like you. They want to be just like mom and dad or whatever, grandma, grandpa, whoever's in the kitchen contributing to their environment. It was, yeah. I mean, do you want me to continue? There are so many light bulb moments that never cease to amaze me. Brian said, the carrot. We live in an affluent area very well-educated, children don't want for much in this specific area that we're in right here. I had a dad up against the window, smeared his face up against the window. It was a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old class. So I'm not sure what age his daughter was, but she was in that range. And, of course, I was being cheeky. I went to open the door. I said, like, you're going to have to wash my windows, buddy. You've got this face smear. He's like, and he looked at me. He's like, I've never seen my child eat a carrot. Scott, she was between 9 and 12. It's fascinating, right? And not only did she eat it, it was we were making a carrot cake. Who doesn't love a carrot cake? But she, made, and she went home and she made it apparently two or three times that week because she was able to do it. And all of a sudden, carrots aren't scary anymore, right? They're not foreign. They're part of the fridge. They're easy for me to eat. I know how to make them delicious to me. It was really big time, right? That's, that's another light bulb.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't matter what type of resources you have you can't buy discovery, you can't buy imagination, you can't buy unfiltered joy. And when you mm. see those moments, a parent who could give his or her children whatever they wanted materialized mm. in the world says, yes, that that's what I want.
0: Yeah. Oh, you made me cry. That's so true, right? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that moment. There, another moment, I'll never forget that we had a parent in, it was a child in the six, seven, eight-year-old class and we had made um, breakfast burritos. It might have been actually when Abby was in. It was right at the beginning. And the mom pulled me outside later in the week and said, you know, our family's been going through a lot right now. I've decided to go back to work. And I was working at night and I was trying to get all the children ready, the family ready. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to make for dinner? And my daughter said, I can make breakfast burritos. She's contributing. She's helping her mom. And the mom was just so floored. And I'm just like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the." the recognition. I'm so grateful for the story, but I sure hope you celebrated that child, right? Like, wow. To recognize I can help mom now. It's it's pretty nice.
1: Man, that fills your cup and then something yeah, spills right? over. We're sitting at the community table, which as I mentioned earlier, is in every single little kitchen. And that's just an example of a number of the partnerships that you guys have made to this point in time with Little Kitchen Academy. How do you go about ensuring that the partnerships you engage in reflect the values and the vision of everything we've been talking about right now. It's really choosing the right people. Yeah. Good people attract good people, and then we do great things together. And as soon as Felicity started talking about it, and we really got serious, I knew, okay, this is something that could be global. This has an impact. Like you know, We don't even know how big it can be, quite honestly. I'd share that with, with one of our partners, Praveen Varshney, and who's really having a sustainable, investments and leave the world a better place than than when you entered mentality. And we were just catching up one day over a glass of wine. I said, you know, listen, you're talking about this. And within 15 minutes of walking through what this could be like, picture this, he's like, dude, I'm in. How much money do you need? I want to be part of this. I want to be a co-founder. I want to be a director. I want to be on the board. Like whatever it is, I'm with you. And I was like, okay, you know, great. And then, I had a conversation with a really dear friend of mine, David Kahn, who's the CEO of Birkenstock. And Birkenstock is, you know, that small little footwear company out there. Just the tiny yeah, one. you know, mm-hmm. five billion plus, <laughs> yeah. you know, 200, 300 year history. You know, we had built our previous business t- together and I'd shared the idea of little kitchen academy. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this checks every box. I mean, children, health, wellness, nutrition, education, Montessori, like all of it. We want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I'm like We're Birkenstock, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, we make the, the world's premium chef shoes." And I did not know that, as most don't. And it was like, "Yes," and that's how every partnership has just happened. And it's because the people running these companies are being part of it. The synergies between our core beliefs and our, our why, like purpose-driven of why we do these things, are really all there. And when you look around a little kitchen academy and and you see these things, I always said it's the easiest and hardest thing to market in the world because to the masses, it's like, oh, it's cute little cooking school. And it's like, it's anything but a cute little cooking school, but it only takes a few minutes for a parent, a child or anybody to say, oh, my gosh, there is way more to this. And this is practical life skills at its best. And that idea of being the key ingredient for an independent child which is what we all want as parents. We just want our children to be, just be independent, right? Be your own. And for us to be in the position to do it is amazing. And when you, again, look at these partners that have said, I want to be in on this with you. It's not about the cooking. It's about the sustainability circular economy. Mm -hmm. It's where would these chopsticks, 33,000 plus chopsticks in our community table that the students gather around and share a meal together and talk about life socially engage and interact where would those chopsticks be if they weren't in the table and our students even our three to five-year-olds go in a landfill garbage like they they connect with that the chairs they sit in made of you know a hundred plus plastic yes. pop bottles from emco and you're sitting in this and is this real and i think it's just when we say we struck a chord like we struck a chord a deep deep chord not only with the families we're impacting the instructors and, and the team but These global brand partners that we didn't even have one open and they're like, we are your global partner. We're going to go with you around the world. I'm not surprised that there are a lot of people who went, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that. But some people do that. If you're taking a journey, to use the analogy you guys talk about, well, I'll help fund your journey. But you guys are saying you need to go on the journey with us. You need to be a part of walking down the road with us. And if you're not invested in that, then thank you very much. And I appreciate that you can see where this is going, but you're not for us. And hundred percent, Scott, you're right. And every one of these global brand partners that we have, which who who does that out of the gate? You know, who has that? And as a franchise partner, who has the ability, like, wait, Birkenstock? Birkenstock, like the number one footwear brand in the world for years running. Like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, Iron Chef Cora you know, Arrow Garden, like Scott's Miracle Grow, another five billion dollar company publicly traded, like, and they're just going. Yes, I want to be part of this journey. This impact is important because this is part of our initiative, and, and we just want to be there with you guys and help enhance and support and grow this with you. And I think what's really great, though, is that every one of them started with there's nothing superficial, it was a deeper relationship. I and mean, David Kahn, besides the fact that we, you know, I say we, we kind of share the same brain and how we build brands and companies and what's important about authenticity, we have the same passion and love for Karate Kid. And Felix, Here's this German woodworker who comes up with this idea of a, a journey of this one little chopstick that's going to change the world. And I always refer to him, even though he's German and not Swedish, he's like a walking Ikea commercial. And he he learned how to to really speak English through watching How I Met Your Mother.
0: Over and over again. Over
1: and over again. Like, and oh, it's, it's there, like, yeah. these are the stories and these people, we just go, oh my God, I, I just want to... You're part of our family. Like we just need to be around these people because they're so interesting. And there's so many things that drive them and entertaining and joyful to be around and the enrichment they bring to what we do and vice versa. You know, the same with us for, for these partnerships. Well, and I, I mean it when I say it. I'm not just playing on the analogy that we've used a number of times. When you invite someone into your home to sit at your table, that's an intimate experience. Yeah, It really is. And it sounds like you guys have that connection with the people that you partner with. We have to.
0: And I think about our instructors as well. You know, these are the best humans on the planet. We have 14 people that work at this location. We have 12, I think, in our LA location. And, you know, with all of our other locations open now, you know, we're looking at probably 200 people that we've got working at Little Kitchen. They're beautiful humans and they want to affect change. They really want to affect change. I couldn't be prouder of them. One of our biggest compliments is uh, my best friend, she's really interested in working here now too, right? You know, you've got something good when, when they want to bring someone else in, but you know, something should be said, we haven't reinvented the wheel, right? This isn't a brand new concept. The way we're doing it is different. That's what it comes down to. We will not dilute the child's journey and experience to make it more marketable. We won't do it. And sometimes I get in trouble for that, for staying really, really firm. But nobody's going to compete with us at that level. I will not dilute the child's experience. They deserve everything we're giving them, and they deserve more than that. Maria Montessori always says, within the child lies the maker of man, right? If we really understand that, we understand that Abby and Emily, they're like a seed, right? I, I always tell when I'm training staff, you know, you look at a sunflower seed. That sunflower seed has everything it needs to become a sunflower, to be beautiful, beautiful, strong sunflower. All it needs from the outside world is a little bit of soil and a little bit of moisture, which is the environment. So these children come in, they have everything they need to be beautiful humans. We're just giving them a lovely little environment in order to let them grow. And these people that keep joining us understand that. They understand this, this exceptional experience. And... We're not going to take away from that child's hard work and that experience by saying, yeah, okay, you can come in you know, today and make cupcakes because that's what you feel like having. Yeah, okay, you can bring your best friend and just have a silly time. Yeah, okay, your parents can come in and help. We're going to stay true to our, our standards. We're going to stay really strong in what we believe. And we're going to change the world with these children.
1: I don't know if there's an easy answer to this for either of you, but what are you most proud of to this point?
0: My children being so proud. You know, one of our daughters, Gabby, is, is looking at studying special needs education because she has seen the impact. She's so incredible when, when we have exceptional learners in here. She looks at them with more more love than I have. You know, I want to have the love that she has, but it's just so pure. And she goes, they just learn differently. They don't learn slower. They don't learn faster. They, they don't have a hard time learning. It's just different. And you know, that's, and she, she now wants to help build that whole program within our company. Look at Bronwyn, seeing how she's changing her friends' lives, you know, her, her neighbors or her, her cohorts or who, I don't even know who's coming over to her house, but she's changing them. And then look at my youngest, Gwen, who will come home and say, mom, uh, one of my teachers asked if you can, if, if there's any room for her child in a class, but there's a wait list. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm like, Well, wh- let me know. I mean, I, if it's full, it's full. There's not much we can do about it. But I'll let them know when there is a spot. And mm-hmm. she's, I'm so proud, mom. It feels so good, you know. And hearing these things, that's that's 100 what I'm most proud of.
1: I thought you were gonna go with me, um, but the kids are good too. The girls are, are good. I'm proud <laughs> of you. But I'm gonna I think go with me. Who knows I, <laughs> you... I'm married as well. The chance of that answer I know. That never <laughs> was, coming. That was never. Wait, wait do you
0: think that? Do you think that's? <laughs>
1: No, you know I don't Brian. Think that,
0: Everybody yeah. who knows Brian knew that he was going to do something. He was going to be able to grow it, right? <laughs> he's, he's our own miracle growth.
1: No. So it's not an easy question to answer, actually, because there's so many things to be proud of. I'm probably most proud of Felicity because this was her idea I mean, this was her vision and, and to take her two worlds and say, okay, this is what I want to do. And not just because it was an idea of I want to do this, but then being able to evolve, not easily and to grow, not quickly, into the role that she's in of, I've got to share something I don't want to share. And that's what she's doing. And her place of joy is, in her words, she's like, I just want to be in Little Kitchen Academy and watch a child make an omelet. That's what I want to do. And no one does it better. And for her to say, okay, now I'm going to train people and share this with you know, all sorts of people around the world. That's a tough thing to do as a business owner, a founder, a just, I have this idea, a hobby that I want to do, and all of a sudden it's taken on this whole new life. So that's probably the, the one thing I'm most proud of. And then I'm really proud of the fact that we've created a brand and a company that is allowing us to impact the world. A few years ago, I wouldn't have cared about that. I mean, it wouldn't have even resonated with me. It's, we've always been philanthropic. We're always giving. We're always willing to help. I, you know, I think I have a fairly large heart but you know selling flip flops or scooping ice cream or you know, rolling up burritos or whatever you know selling luxury jeans whatever it may have been that we did in scale globally you know proud of it it was fun and it was exciting but this is actually changing lives from scratch you know going back to it and I'm most proud that we get to do it with people we love it's incredible and the ride is going to be going for a long time i don't know what this is going to sound like a year from now we do this again, but there's going to be a lot more stories. Thank well, you both. probably be in a studio, better sound. <laughs> We're um, at the community table. This is exactly where it should start. You
0: know what? You might be starting a little pod academy for children and <laughs> your children might be interviewing us. That might be the, yeah. that might be the
1: the future. Well, it might be a better interview if that happens because it was <laughs> pretty bright.
0: They, and yeah, and they'll ask some great questions, right? They're going to tell you the God's honest truth, right? They're going to tell you absolutely what's going on.
1: Well, it. thank you both for having this conversation with me. We talk, we're family, yes. but we don't talk like this. This has been fun. It's nice. This has actually been more enjoyable than I thought. So
0: It's been about what I thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, it's been nice, Scott. It's, it's hard to talk about these kind of things. Thanks.
1: Meet Me in the Kitchen is curated and produced by Toolkit Content. You can find more information about Little Kitchen Academy, including classes, locations, employment, and franchise opportunities at littlekitchenacademy.com. What's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen?